Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. As always, my good friend Matthew Craddock is here with me. Hello, hello. How are you, mate? Good. Yourself? Yeah, very well. Thanks, mate. Week three good. of um, uh, series three. So we are keeping up with our promise. And um, week three. You were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Week three of series three. Yeah. So um, we're doing well on that front. And we've, uh, we've got some great guests lined up. Uh, for the next few episodes as well. Uh, today, or on this episode, we were joined by Mr. Craig Hinton. Uh, how did you find it, Grads? Great, isn't it? He's a, he's a good guy and he, he listens to the podcast as well, which is nice, but he's, he's a great, great guy and we had a good, good chat about football. Brilliant. Yeah, really interesting. Um, a lot of time spent around, obviously, his current role as a, as a coach developer, but touched on some of his experiences as a, as a youth team coach and, and some of the the trends he's seeing in the uh, in the Euros at the moment. So uh, really interesting. Uh, anything particular that you uh, that you enjoyed about this conversation, mate? Well, I think I think people that have been listening, particularly the last uh, two or even 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 the last three or four, will probably pick up this. You know, we're, we're hearing the same themes and trends coming out of people of what's important in coaching. And you know, he talked about relationships um, being key again talked about uh, actually coaching and, and helping people get better and then with regards to you know being a better coach you talked about being curious and being um, aware of yourself your strengths and your areas for development I really like that you know it's a real nice balance around you know what what are you good at and being aware of that and also what what do you need to get better at and how do you go about it and it was just a very open conversation wasn't it really about about football and coaching and obviously with his you know insights at the FA at the moment, it was, it was good how some of that links to some of the you know performances and stuff we're seeing England in the Euros at the moment as well. Yeah, I like the bit when he said uh, near the end around you asked him what he was good at and what he was bad at, and when he was talking about his strengths, he, he said about relationships and people skills, which I totally agree with. But it was fascinating when he touched on not wanting to overthink that and almost mm. letting that just be natural and happen happen naturally because as coaches especially as a coach developer it's often about analyzing what you need to improve on or what you can do better but yeah. he, he was quite confident to allow his personality to to just just be um, yeah and I thought that just was really be himself because you, you can fall into the trap of all over analyzing so that that was an interesting point that I took from it but there's loads in there um but before we um go ahead with the interview just wanted to touch on the conversation we had in the week Matt around not only the number of listeners that we've we've had recently but the uh the the sort of <clears throat> the reach we've had in the podcast incredible yeah I mean when when you told me I thought you were joking but some of the you know some of the places that our um, podcast has been listened to is uh is amazing so yeah thanks to everybody who's who's listening and you know if you are listening to us far far away from where we are based please do uh reach out and, and say hello yeah definitely there's uh <clears throat> we, we we said this before didn't we that this podcast was was initially for you and i um but mm. to see that we are having uh some form of impact well far and wide is uh is quite humbling isn't it so a uh, big thank Very you to so. everyone who who's listening and we keep checking back on the on the stats and seeing the number of plays and in terms of podcasts as a whole it, the numbers are not massive but for you and I it's, every time we see the numbers creep up just by one or two it, it is 
it is great to see, isn't it? So we can't yeah. thank those people enough who who take the time to listen because we do ramble on a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's very much appreciated. And, and again, I guess we, we we wouldn't do it if we didn't have the, the support that everyone's showing. So huge thank you. Um, do share it, do subscribe, do give us feedback. Um, like everything, we want to do this to, to better ourselves, including our podcasting skills, not just our coaching skills. So please do share any feedback or tips, unless it's about the theme tune. Don't hammer me about that. We're going to try and change that word. Uh, <laughs> that was a uh, try and fail and learn from your mistakes. But Exactly. You win or learn, Lee, and uh, <laughs> we learned. We learned. Um, anyway, listen, that's enough of us. Um, let's uh, let's pass over to uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. Craig Hinton. Matt and myself are joined by Mr. Craig Hinton. Hello, Craig. Evening. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you two? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. Very good, mate. Good. Very good, thank good. you. We are um, <clears throat> recording this on the, on Sunday, um, the the day after England's quarterfinal victory. Um, I presume you watched the game, Craig. Yeah, I was thinking. I didn't. I didn't. You shouldn't have really said that. Depending on when it came out, I was thinking if it had come out after next week, then we've won. I could have claimed credit for it all, to be honest. But there, uh, <laughs> now, nah, yeah, good, good. Good performance, really. Good, solid performance. I think we look good. I think they look tired, to be fair to them. Um, they look like they've, they've had it. But to get that early goal, just to kill them off a little bit. But yeah, some we look exciting. We look good. I, I, happy. Just open, fingers crossed for, for Wednesday, really. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll dig into some of that in, in, as the conversation goes on. But bef- before we get into it, mate, let's, if I give you 60 seconds just to, uh, to, to take us through your... Where you when when you started, when you got into football, where you are now? If we give you sixty seconds, I know it'll be hard for you, mate. But hopefully, then that will um, you'll touch upon the the poignant moments through your career, and, and then we can dig down into them, mate. So I'll, I'll get the clock out because yeah. otherwise, uh, I could we could be stopping you at half eight. So go on then, sixty seconds, mate. Tell us about yourself. Oh, Time's on. Started playing when I was young. Uh, went into football, left school, went to Birmingham City, did two years there. Um, YTS, two years pro, wasn't playing, but part of the squad, everything like that. So uh, decided to leave, uh, went to Kidderminster, who were just in, in the conference at the time. So uh, signed there, was playing. First year, luckily, we got promoted into the league, uh, stayed there for five years, five, six years, and then moved on to Bristol Rovers, went there another five years, six years, and then uh, finished at Northampton Town where we obviously we met um, and then left there after a year, struggling injury-wise, uh, went to Bristol Rovers as assistant manager and they took over. Um, unfortunately, we got relegated <laughs> um, and then came back out, went into Solly or Moore's as sort of a, a player coach and then, oof, where do I go then? And then started doing a bit with Wolves at the 16s, then went into West Brom doing their 15-16s that went into Northampton youth team manager and then now I'm working for the FA Superb that, very good mate you did well there you did well very good get that very good but, um, so <clears throat> a vast array of experiences um, let's um, let's talk about your role now now you're at the FA what is what is your role now at the FA what are you doing um, it's I'm sort of a F- uh, football coach educator, um, sort of a regional lead. So I look at I lead at the Midlands. So I look after the Midlands um, 
and all the sort of professional clubs around that Midlands and then sort of um, work on the A licenses and AYA, um, delivering them really at St George's as well in its simplest form, trying to helpfully hope coaches get better. Yeah, what 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 has the what has the challenges been over the last eighteen months for you? I guess football being on hold. How have you how have you managed? I bet you struggled with that, mate. But how have you managed to keep keep developing or working with coaches? Or have you? Yeah, I think it's it's just gone on more more online, like everyone else. I suppose we we've done that as well. So courses have gone online uh, more about analysing videos, talking through sessions. It, it's not the same. And we, and we all know it's not the same, but it's trying to it's trying to make the the best out of a bad situation. Obviously, we like everyone, I suppose, has, has had loads of stuff thrown at them over the last sort of eighteen months, nearly two years now. And it's really hard when you can't apply it, when you can't mm-hmm. go out and do what you do. So it sorts. You're talking generally all the time about football, which is brilliant, and I don't think we actually do that enough. In everywhere we go, we don't talk about football enough, but you need to be able to apply it. But everyone going back now, I suppose the hardship is that everyone's trying to apply everything they know and it's probably not best for the players. So it's, it's trying to figure out what, what actually making sense of it and, and what works for you. But it, it's, been, it's been tough like everyone. Do you know what I mean? Eating, drinking tea and eating biscuits in front of the computer is not good for you. <laughs> and I guess now uh, things are starting to, to open back up. So you're able to get back out on the grass and, and work with coaches again in person. Yeah, brilliant. We've done, we've done a few courses, so we've, we've run quite a few A licenses now at St George's Park, which is brilliant. looks a bit different with all the restrictions and stuff like that, but we're back into club now as well. Um, and with the extended sort of that academy programme being extended as well, let's give us a chance to get out and, and see a few coaches really, which is, which is nice. And I think it's, we all like that smell of the grass and the look of football. I think that's what we all do it for. And that's the love what we got for it. And I suppose that can't be beat. So it's nice just to be out back out really. Yeah, good, good stuff, mate. So, one of my one of my questions I wanted to ask you, and I guess you can you can draw upon your playing experiences as as well as your sort of coach development now and, and working with and, and observing loads of coaches. But um, my question would be, what what are the traits that some of the best coaches that you've either played for or, or seen work? What are the traits that they all have? Is there any commonalities between them? I think it's that that organisation. I suppose it's one. I speak the big one for me, and which I try and work on as well, is is that relationship with the players. I suppose first of all, and get that just the relationship. We I suppose we we were chatting earlier about it about that enthusiasm for the players as well, the enthusiasm for the game, that knowledge of the game, but that relationship with the players. And then for me, it's about two things really about that practice design and that that observation skills around when they're doing it, observing what the player needs in that particular practice or what they what they need on their journey or what's happening in the game and how we can affect it really. And do you, do you think that's, that's something that is maybe overlooked or do you, do you find coaches not working enough on their observation skills and like, I know sort of the, the diagnosis side of it. Uh, and do you see, I know a lot of coaches focus on the session itself and, and that stuff rather than sort of in the moment, I know a lot of time and effort goes into before sessions or after sessions, but you know, when you're on the grass, you said there about the observation being really important. Mm. I know that's something sometimes I struggle with. I, I focus a lot on what I'm going to do mm. or reflecting on what I've done, but that bit in the middle during mm. the session when when the balls are rolling and you gotta you gotta spot things and and actually coach. Yeah. Um, do, do you think sometimes that's, that's overlooked or not given yeah. enough attention? I, I think it. 
that's the hardest bit, I suppose, isn't it? Because it's like when you've, and I've seen you work, Lee, with your players, you've got some good players. Do you know what I mean? So when that ball moves, it, mo- it moves fast. So it's suppose that if that practice design is right, I think that's a key thing to start with, that it allows repetition of the practice. It, it allows a bit of realism and it allows players to practice what, the, what they need to do. So then it's observing what they're doing and what they need to get out of it or what they need to become better at. So if it's um, scanning to find spaces, it's, it's finding space, filling space, emptying space, movement of the ball, all, all these things can, can lead to that. But it gives you an idea of where the player needs to go, especially in that development process. Is, is, hints, when, you, when you're going into the clubs or, or doing your A-licence, is, is there like a common you know, learning need that you're seeing? So when you're giving feedback to the coaches that are working, is there like a common thing that keeps cropping up that, that maybe coaches are falling into the trap of not doing enough or overdoing? Mm. I, suppose it, I suppose it's weird. You know what it's like? It's like it's um, Craig's coming in, I've got to coach what Craig wants to see or yeah. what Craig wants to see. And I'm like, it's not about me. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I'm just here to try and make you, um, I suppose, curious and try and make you think differently about what you're doing and just understand what, where you are and understand what you're doing and then try and go on the journey with you to a certain degree. A lot of it's practice design at times about area size, um, yeah. just area of the pitch, number of players. Um, it's sometimes too big or too small. And then people have that sort of anxious feeling that I, I won't change it now because I don't think it's working because I might, I might get, Craig might look bad on me and, and all like this. And I'm, well, I haven't got, I haven't got all the answers. Do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to there to, to help you get better. Yeah, how do you get past that? How do you get past that then? You know that that uh, yeah. that feeling of oh god, hints is in. I, I better put on a show. Well, how do you get past that so that actually you see yeah. them for what they are? Yeah, hopefully they're you not thinking that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> hopefully yeah. they're not thinking that. I, I didn't mean it like quite it's like, like that. Uh, yeah. No, but um, no, I think it's 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 hard of just making them feel comfortable. So yeah. a, a big part of mine is making them just feel comfortable about being yourself. Do you know what I mean? I suppose it's it's yeah it's art it's the relationship driven so they can't feel a bit nervous or worried i've got to make them feel comfortable so they're just their normal selves and then once we get to that point we can have more honest conversations we can have in-depth feedback i can chat to them going on they bounce things off me then and it just becomes a little a little bit more of an open process but that relationship's there is key that and i'm a great belief that i could be the best coach educator in the world or whatever but if i haven't got that relationship with someone fundamentally they're probably not going to listen to me anyway so it, it, it's about that first really putting that first which is the same as coaching really yeah basically yeah. Same, yeah the same with the players you could be the best coach yeah. in the world but if that player doesn't like you there's no chance they're going to listen to you yeah so on, on the opposite side of my question what's the what's the you know some of the really good things that you're seeing you know when you go in oh it's like I like my job. I love my job. It's, it's brilliant, like anyway, but you just see the interaction with the kids, the kids playing football, the, the stuff, what the clubs actually do. You don't realise, and I'm, I'm in a privileged position that I can go into the clubs and I've got sort of that helicopter view that yeah. I can see a bit of everything. And I see the kids go to work on their own because they've got that ownership of going to work on their own and they're doing some really good stuff. They're coming to sessions, they're playing loads of football, they're getting analysis, they're getting... Like you go to some places now and, and you, you both know the amount of staff they've got now and the amount of stuff that gets done for the, for the kids is, is brilliant. It's incredible. It's incredible. And to be there, it's, it's like, I don't know, 
me being an avid fan of the podcast anyway, but it's that, that, that Disneyland at times where you go and you're like, wow. And sometimes you don't, unless you step away from that and look, you, the stuff they do now is brilliant. And the kids, the kids can't get any more. Do you know what I mean? Well, I suppose they could get more and they'd probably want more, but uh, full-time coaches of all age groups, they get more sessions now. They've got, it, it's fantastic really. From the times where, when we were younger and stuff like that, you, you wouldn't get that now, but yeah, times have changed. Is, is there a danger in that as well though, Hints? You know, like lot, like loads of resources, loads of, loads of staff, um, sometimes loads of time to think about what you're going to do can that I know myself sometimes I <clears throat> I can overcomplicate things or do you know what I mean and, and, and sometimes simplicity and I know we we're speaking to Neil and, and guards and previous episodes talking about sometimes stripping it back and keeping it simple is actually really important do you think I think that's really everything? hard as well that's really yeah. hard to do I know Matt was talking on one of the other podcasts about changing just into games and stuff like this and and going out there with sort of a plan and then people going, oh, what are you doing? So, well, I'm just doing, I'm just doing a game. We go through sessions the other day and we're having practical sessions and it's 3v3s and they're talking about uh, movement, front movement, and there's constraints on the practice. But then you probably still get the same constraints of it on a 3v3 and a game. So, but, it, but then it comes down to the observation skills of actually what you're looking for and what you want to get out of the practice, which is the hard bit. So it's noticing what you want to get out. So... There's loads of different ways to do it, but sometimes just stripping it back to that simple is really hard. And then you get the mm. obviously pressures that the parents are watching. It doesn't look like you're all there. You get all these outside pressures as well, which which can only add to your sort of head mess around, really. Mm. Do you think as well people get um, that they want it to look perfect? Yeah. And that's I, I always think that, that was something I think if I rewind maybe five years ago, I would want my session to just flow perfectly and they, they all go where I think they should be going and everything works right. And the more, the more coaching I've done, I just feel actually I just need to let it go. And if it looks messy, they're probably trying something new and it's different. And actually we mm. should be embracing those. So actually coaches should be saying, well, if the, if the session does look a little bit untidy at times, that's okay because there's some good stuff coming out of it. Yeah, I think so. And I think you spot on. I think it's, it's, I don't think I've ever seen a perfect session. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's good sessions and there's, there's not so good sessions in a way. And it's, I think it's noticing what they haven't done or what they might need more of. And I suppose it comes out observation skills about noticing what they need. And we can always, we can always have to remember that it's a journey as well. It's a long-term mm. player development. It's, yeah. it's like, so we can revisit it. We don't have to, we don't have to solve that problem tonight it might be that it's a new session or that they're struggling or it might be an old session that they've got and it might just be that noticing that actually they might just need a bit more of that so yeah. that, that fullback's poor at 1v1 one 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 defended and he's really poor tonight in the session but it doesn't mean he's bad it just means that we've got to revisit it and work a different way to make him better because if if he's 12 he's still got probably 8 years or before he's going to play for the first team and it just might it just we just got to remember that it's a journey and we can just revisit things. And that's one of my, one of my own targets for, for next season going in. I think last year I fell guilty sometimes of like the practice and trying to make sure the practice ran properly and, yeah. and worked well. And then when I reflected, didn't do enough coaching 
So maybe my practice design was too complicated that all my effort was in explaining. And then before you know it, the night's over and I've not actually coached the football. I've just coached the practice and how it works. Um, But you said around the importance of the practice design and specifically realism. How, how can we, or how should coaches ensure that their practices are realistic? Is there any specific things that that you encourage the coaches to try and, include or yeah i think it for me it's it's that directional practice do you know what i mean at times about actually having a direction to what you do i think a lot of the things come from um triggers cues certain positions reference points and everything like that and you can only really get that if you've got a a motion of travel if you're going somewhere Mm -hmm. so when you're i always look defending because i was a terrible defender like but it's like you've got to have a reference point is the goal do you know what i mean so get your it, it might be man, ball, goal. Do you know what I mean? Get yourself in there, but you've got a reference point when it comes multi-directional at times. And there is there is probably a way for multi-directional, but at times it's like, give them a focus so they can practice mm. things actually what they're going to do. So passing yeah. forward because we're going in direction. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's that's like, going to be my point there. Like yeah. which passes are, are quote unquote dangerous passes or killer passes. If you have a direction, you, you yeah. know which way is forward and yeah. which way is sideways or backwards. If you just do a possession-based practice, every pass is somewhat similar, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you that opportunity to, to look further ahead as well. Then you've got the sides of the practice, different dimensions, which allow you to look that further and look that further forward where you're going to, where that sort of penetration is really. Mm. And what about interventions, mate? Are you seeing any, any favourite, um, methods that are cropping up or, or any styles or is it has it gone 360 are we back to command or, or what, what are you sort of seeing there we get it, it varies from coach to coach and which age group as well I think it's um, we see a lot of Q&A do you know what I mean a lot of Q&A at times and you go in and sometimes you get frustrated a little bit of going Q&A you're asking them questions but they actually don't know the answer so sometimes it might be that command but just tell them what you want them to do or tell them what you think they might do and then it might help them progress a little bit of just knowing it's like that. It's like as Rick Shortworth does a little bit of work and he was talking about constraints. So I'm going constraint. And you're saying, well, the constraint can be as open as possible or the constraint can just be that you're going to tell them what to do. So it's, but we always get lost in that. We've got to put all these things on, but no, just, just tell them what to do at times and give them your knowledge because most of the coaches I see have got that knowledge that the players might need at that particular time. You know what I mean? Other times, just let them Q and A and everything like that. It's that it's that variety in the practice, and that variety in interventions with each player as well. Can you still hear me? Yes. Sorry, my my computer froze there. Um, yeah, tell me um, <clears throat> tell me about positions and position specific or, or sort of early specialization. What are your are you seeing anything there, or is there any benefits, or, or do you think? Um, we shouldn't really pigeonhole into positions yet. I think I think it's a balance, isn't it? I think it's a it's a balance. And what age group? Who knows? Do you know what I mean? If you've got a centre forward who scores lots of goals, should you play him out wide? Should you play him in centre midfield, or just let him score loads of goals? So it comes down to the whole. It's a chicken and egg, isn't it? It's it's trying to work out what's the best for that play. If you've got Wamba Saka who's a, a wide one. And he's played wide all the time. Then no one's ever really played him fullback. Then they're playing fullback, and all of a sudden he's now he gets sold to Man United for a lot of money. It it's hard, but it could be that maturity as well about how they how they go on their journey. And I think it, it's dead hard to try and go, oh yeah, he should play 
centre midfield. There's going to be times where I always work on that if you how you see the game in a way. In in my head, it might sound a bit weird, but if you're I used to play centre half, so I would look at the centre half. Is that I see one eighty at a pitch, so I'm looking ahead of the ball. If I go to fullback, I've probably got the I've got the touchline on my right, and I've got the centre half on my left, so I'm seeing sort of ninety degrees of the pitch. Then if I play centre midfield, I've got to look 360 of getting the ball. So all of a sudden, the pictures that I see are completely different. So they can only help me. But if I'm struggling to see 180 at centre half, putting me full back, giving me 90 degrees of the pitch to see, might actually help me. Don't push me in centre midfield. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Or centre forward, I might be looking 180 backwards, but I've still got to look behind me to do so. So the pictures change in what I do, but sometimes when people are struggling it might be easier to move them somewhere where they where they can still play because fundamentally we need to, the lads need to play football they probably don't play football enough mm. do, you, do you think do you think we do that enough utilize positions to develop players or do we do we tend to allow players to to stay where they're doing well um or do you think players should should have i guess it depends on age yeah. doesn't it maybe it depends on age and, and as you know, the political landscape of it as well. Do you know what I mean? It, that can come into play as well. There's so many different sort of facets which can which can cause that. But I suppose you as coaches, us as coaches, we, we're just trying to do the best to benefit the player. Mm. And, and we need to have that relationship with the player to make sure that they understand why we're doing it. So it's all about the why behind it. So we, yeah. we're not doing this to be awkward. We're not doing this to make you look wrong. We're doing it for the benefit of you. And sometimes yeah. we can't, we've got, to, we've got to let them struggle a little bit, but they've got to understand that as well. Yeah. And, and like you said, depending on where they are in their journey, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I work with four, under 14s and there's a hell of a lot of change in that year with pitch size, football size, opposition, like physical size. So yeah. some players, they have to be able to succeed as well. So there's yeah. some areas of the pitch which lend themselves to more success for that player than say if they were a quote-unquote late developer or something like that, playing them down the middle might be really difficult or, you know, playing them as a fullback against a certain player might be really difficult. So they might have to play in, in little pockets or whatever. And I think, yeah, having that conversation and yeah. being open and honest is important. Mm. Um, and especially that age group, like you're talking about, that, that YDP age group is a massive minefield. I go to clubs and, and you, you see some lads in the same age group and they're, they're miles apart, you know what I mean? They could be, they're completely different, but the, the, the smaller one could be the older one as well. So it's understanding just where, where they're on their journey, when they go from 9B9 to 11B11, or they go across that journey that some of the lads can cope more because they're physically more able. So they look mm. better players. So, so it's, it's been really clever. It, it's, I always think that the, the coaching of the players seems really easy or people think it's easy, but really it's actually really, really hard. Yeah, and it takes a lot of thought to try and get that the best out of each individual player to try and make them better, or try and get one through or two through. Do you know what I mean? Which is which is the fundamental aim of the job. I'm, I'm going to jump, and we might go off topic slightly, but just just linking it back internally. We talked about coaches being curious, right? You obviously, when you finished playing, your immediate sort of coaching was in first team football, and now you've gone on this like journey of uh, youth development with with clubs and in uh, in the FA. Yeah. What what have what have you learned during that 
this this period that would you know maybe make you better if you were to take these skills and you know throw them into a, your first team environment for example it, it it it's weird you know like i always go back to when i when i first started and i first started i went to kidding it was part-time and we yeah. used to we used to do soccer schools you know like the old soccer schools where the kids yeah. on the floor picking the daisies and all like that and and I was, what, 22, 21 or something like this. And I used to just join in the kids. Like, it was like... Not picking daisies. Picking daisies, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could make, a, could make a mean daisy chain, tell you. And, um, but it was that... You, you, you sort of learn from your experiences before. Do you know what I mean? Of, of doing it then. When I was at uh, Bristol, I used to help out with the academy. Even when yeah. went to Northampton, I was doing the 16s the, the sort of with Ray and the youth team when I was injured and stuff. Um, when I finished that and I finished at Solio Moors, I was working at West Brom part-time at the time and I was working in a school and you know when you're doing all that and it's all that crowd management and that learning from different experiences yeah. for me um, going back about being more curious I think it's more tactical game now do you know what I mean I was okay. lucky enough to go to Italy versus Austria at that time and I'm seeing um, Spinola Spinola left back and he's playing centre forward at times. And I'm thinking, what are they playing like? Do you know what I mean? How, how are you going to tactically do this? He comes inside, the wing goes outside, he goes. And there's so much movement now. I think you've got to be really curious about watching it. And I think that the, the, the eye player at the moment, the BBC eye player is brilliant because you can get that, yeah. that, that other view. Because I'm a great believer. I don't like, I like watching football on TV, but, I, but I'm not a massive fan because you only see the ball where I was like to watch live games and look away from the ball and look at all the shape and look at the team. And that allows you to do it, that other camera angle. Yeah. And it's trying to work out. There's so much like change of formation now, change of tactics within it. I think you've got to be dead curious about what people do and how they be it and why they do it. The why underpins everything. And it's why they're doing it to try and get the upper hand on games and stuff like that and be really cute on that. Is that is that what you, is that something you think has been the biggest change then over this you know 10, 15 year period? I think it is tactically. I think there's more yeah. formations now. People are more fluid in what they do. It, it I was saying watching teams now, it looks like they just they just fill spaces yeah. at times. So it looks like they don't they start with obviously everything starts from a structure. Um and the structure is contextual contextual to who you're playing against. So where that fullback is now, their fullback, you might move inside, etc. But it just seems like now a lot of teams are just filling positions. So yeah. it becomes really fluid in what they do. And then they've got, obviously, the more subs now. They've got change. They've got tactically different things like that. It's like a game of chess, but 100 miles an hour. Whereas before, when I was playing, it was Gary, feet put in channel. Great ball. Yeah. You know so what, what so, I mean, because you've, you've seen that with, with Southgate as well you know, changing the formations depending on the, the team that they're playing, the shape that they're playing. What What's the implications on youth development with that? Because we, if, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of some of the experiences I've had as well, but if you have a manager that changes formations all the time, um, the players that we are providing for them have to be able to deal with, firstly, their psychological demands of, uh, I'm not just a right back in a four-four-two. I am a player that can play in three, four, four um, positions in multiple formations. 
but then also the physical demands, the understanding of the game. What, what are the implications of us, you know, as coaches in the youth development or professional development phase around this change? I think, I think it's, it's increasing decision-making, isn't it? It's making the players make the best decisions at that certain time in that certain area. I think it's trying to get them to make consistently better decisions. And I suppose that we might have to play different tactics, different, I know clubs mirror at certain times and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but they've got to have opportunity to play in different, if they've got to play, a lot of teams play three now, uh, rather than the four, full backs are a lot higher now. It, it's all changed. We've got to give them opportunity to, to practice. And if we don't give them opportunity to practice, I think it's, we let them down in a way because that affects the decision making. That if I've never been up this and, I suppose, in essence, if we look at a lot of people make their probably league debut or their professional debut in a different position to what they're normally used to, they've got to be able to cope with that as well. Yeah. So for me, it's making those, as we, I know you've said it before on this one and stuff like that, the best players make the best decisions consistently well. So yeah. that's what we're looking for. Then if you're fit into a position or a scenario on the pitch, if your decision making is good, you're probably going to cope because you'll make the right decision. Yeah, 90% of the time. So it's just given opportunity to practice. But I think that opportunity to practice, they need to play more games as well. They need to play. It's it just don't they just don't play enough for me, in, in essence. What then is the role of the coach on a match day, mate? I know we spoke a lot about training, but if we were to have more matches or the matches mm. that we do have, how important is the role of the coach and what kind of things should they be focusing their attentions on? Mm. I think it's that, that observation skills again. I think it's noticing are they are they playing to the are are you playing to the plan? But is the opposition letting you play against that plan? And it becomes that chess game again about looking where's their strengths and weaknesses. How do we exploit with what we've got? So you're constantly looking for that, and it's a weird one because you see some you go and watch some coaches, and if they're winning, they're the best coach in the world. Do you know what I mean? It's all like oh la di da, yeah, we did well today. This is what worked on training. Then if they're losing, it's probably not their fault. It's the players' fault. The players didn't fancy it. They've, been, they've trained rubbish all week and all like that. And I'm going, well, yeah, but they may just need a little bit of help at times. Do you know what I mean? So it's that noticing when you've got to let them struggle, I suppose, a little bit and where you've got to help them as well. Because sometimes that little help and that change of formation or that tweak of, of positioning can sometimes kick them on. And like we all know, the game's a momentum game. So sometimes that little tweak in there, that the tweak there just, just gains a bit of momentum back enables you to, to kick on and then that builds confidence. Confidence comes, the players get better. Mm. Speaking of <clears throat> sort of tactics and, and trends and stuff, what, what's, what's caught your eye in, in the Euros at the moment, mate, with regards how teams are playing or what the game's looking like at the top level at the minute? Yeah, I think it's... I'm trying to describe this now. <laughs> Do you know like you've got... Uh, Man City play with that five players up front sort of in those little positions where uh, quite a few times that they can be quite static or not static but they don't now now I'm seeing in the, in the Euros a little bit of, of players running in behind so you might get two or three players from that five running in behind then all mm. of a sudden I'm thinking as a, as a defence you've got to drop off you've got to, it's, it's causing more problems for me they're playing that, that sort of that penetration's coming a little bit earlier I think because just the fact that people are running behind more. And I think we don't see that as much 
in other games because it's very let's let's play to feet. We don't really see when really that running behind causes all sorts of problems. We were we were watching um, we were doing a bit of analysis this week with the 18s and we were on 19s and we were sat talking about some of the we were watching Man City and we were watching some of the the runs after every, basically every time they pass it they're moving aren't they yeah. whether it's forward or, or backwards to drop off but a lot of the time particularly in and around the box they were making these forward runs and they weren't even to get on the ball yeah they were just disrupting yeah so that forward run you know took two or three people even it's only a yard or two yards out of the game, it opens up a passing lane and a passing channel. Yeah. And uh, it, we were talking about the value of these runs because often, you know, particularly kids will make a run and then get frustrated when they don't get on it. Yeah. And then we were starting watching some of the Euros and the, the game, Just I think it was Italy, I can't remember, he scored just from the edge of the area. But basically he, he had that time to take a touch and shoot and score. Yeah. And it came from a teammate making a run. Yeah. It disrupted the, the four and the five who just moved two yards to follow the runner. And suddenly this, the guy on the edge of the area had time and space to touch and finish. Yep. So these forward runs are not, not even for them. It's yeah. just a disruptive, it can be just a disruptive run. And which, which is really hard to explain to an 18 year old or 14 or 15. You just make that run in there and that'll, <laughs> give, you mate, that'll give you mate more room. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really hard to find that sort of unselfish thing thinking, hang on a minute, if I'm making that run, I want to get played in. And I suppose yeah. that, that can come with experience as well, that they, they see the benefit in the long term because it's like, um, I, can, I suppose it's not the same, but Sterling's played Harry Kane last night for the goal. But Harry Kane's ran in, but sometimes he might make that run. You know, I'm not sure he made a run, but he's sort of, he makes that run, but sometimes he's not going to get it, but sometimes someone's going to find you as well. So it's understanding at some point that someone might find you when you make that run. So that run is a sacrifice of a run, but actually at one point, someone might actually find you as well. And then it's goal scoring opportunity. Mm. So it's, it, but I, how you do that with the younger ones is, is hard. If no, it's in of, of not being about myself when it's sort of that, that singular, I want to get a pro. I want to, I want to get to the next level. I want to do that. It's hard. But when you've got that, it opens up so many, it causes so many problems for defenders because They've either got to drop and go with the runner, so it opens up more space like you're talking about, or let them go and hope that they're going to be offside or they're not. So it causes it causes massive problems, but all the best trying to get them to where uh, I'd like to I'd like, yeah, keeps in keeps in touch on that one, see what happens. <laughs> Mason Mount did that quite a few times last night, didn't he? He didn't see a lot of the ball, I didn't think, yeah, in the first half, but the amount of times he made that sort of darting run corner flag run, it, it, it was it was evident. But that might, like you said, just yeah. allow someone like Carl Walker to get on the ball out wide with a little bit more time and space. Yeah. What, one thing that struck, that's crossed my mind and uh, sorry, struck me from watching it is, like you said earlier, players being able to play in multiple positions. So <clears throat> quite often you will see Rice or Phillips dropping into a fullback role when it's England, which allows... Walker to be really higher, which then made Sancho play in the pitch. So oh. there's like three players playing, operating in different positions, or or even um, the, the opposite fullback when the ball's on the far side will go in and be like a centre mid, won't he? So you'll see Kyle Walker's getting it in centre mid, and it, it just Calvin Phillips has then ran forward and gone beyond Harry Kane. And I mm. think the importance, like you touched on earlier, is us as youth coaches is giving players opportunity to practice that, develop that, 
but also encouraging it on a match day. Because too often, I know sometimes I'll do it, I'll go, no, 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 you you be disciplined. or you, And it is it is discipline, but within the team, isn't it? Whereas mm. it, I think, would you encourage coaches to, to allow young players to, to do that as long as it's within that team structure? I guess that's the most important thing, isn't it? Shifting yeah. from me yeah. to, to sort of the team again. It's sort of, no, but I suppose there's always a structure, isn't there? So whatever we're doing, there's a sort of a structure, but how you move from that structure You've got freedom in that structure a little bit as well. So when when Mason Mount, what a player he is, by the way, I always thought he was good. And then I went to the FA Cup final. I watched him live. And like those four runs she's talking about there, he makes such good runs. But he's constant as well. And at some point he gets it. He, he gets the ball then. So it's sort of the, we'll make five, get one. Or I reckon that's a difference, Matt, between those that, that, that make it. So it's like, like you said, a lot of people would stop after three or four of those. Yeah. But that mindset of to keep doing that or to keep thinking it might be this time, it might be this time, or just yeah. understanding that self-sacrifice. What? Yeah. What? Why, why do the top players make it? What? I don't know. It, it's similar. I had a great, it was a great quote. What was the quote? Uh, just out of um, Memory of a fish. The best players have a memory of a fish like this. So he Ted Lasso. Be, yeah, was it, is that what it is? Yeah. Ted Lasso, yeah. It might be. He was saying like, oh, well, you know what? I'll run forward. I haven't got it. But you know what? I'm going to run forward again. I'm going to run forward again. And it was like saying, we. I was looking at about 18 months ago, I did my pro licence. And on the pro licence was Graham Carrick. And you have to do sort of a presentation and this sort of thesis and like sort of pre, uh, pre- presentation at the end. And he interviewed Ryan Giggs. And Ryan Giggs was talking about finding the space and playing balls. And, he, and Giggs came on the interview and he said, I try that ball six times. He said, and I'll try it six times. He said, but I might give it away five, but I know on the sixth one, we'll score. And I was like, oof. So it's that sort of, we'll just keep going because at some point someone will get me in because when you're playing with world-class players like that, they'll, they can find you they can find you when you're in that team. So that making that run at one point when that defender doesn't go with you, then all of a sudden they're good enough to make split second decisions that you win and it's a goal. But it's that, I really think it's that mentality of getting them to do that and having the players around who can find them as well, really. How, how important or, or how, I don't want to speak too soon because I, I wish, I wish that the England team do go all the way, but how pivotal has Southgate's role been in allowing that young talent? Because we said before we, we came on here, on here that there's a there's a hell of a lot of young, exciting talent. But just just what what a role is he playing, and how important? And all the coaching staff, I mean. But yeah. that's <clears throat> so far so good. But it can't be easy. Oh. But it seems like we said how exciting the team look, how the yeah. players are playing with incredible freedom. Mm. Yet, incredible structure as well, and and work like out of position, mm. like to not yeah. concede a goal yet is yeah. is just as important, isn't it? So, yeah, I think I think it's it's it, it's a weird one. I think he's done brilliant, Annie, because I think everyone who puts the when the team lineups flash up on your Sky Sports app, do you know what I mean? Everyone's going, I wouldn't play that team. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> then all of a sudden, he he sort of we've got an abundance of good players at this moment in time, which is only a credit to all the coaches and the work that the clubs do. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of what they say, that those players come from somewhere and have been touched by someone. Like a lot, a lot of the players playing now, you know what it's like on the circuit. Everyone's everyone speaks to or everyone's worked with someone who's actually 
been involved in one of their players development which is unbelievable to say really and to see the journey they've gone on but I think he just he's dead calm he's dead calm he's just fundamentally when we see Rankaf he's he's a good bloke do you know what I mean he's yeah. a nice bloke and I think the, the players have got loads of respect for what he's done there how he treats them even his interview last night he's talking about I just feel sorry for the players who didn't get on and I'm thinking we just won 4-0 yeah. But it was just, it's that, I suppose, one of the things I think about is that what I try and work on is a little bit is care. Do you know what I mean? If you care for someone, you're more than likely going to, or show care, you're probably going to get a little bit back. So yeah. I just think that, he, like you saw it last night when the, the game's gone, Grealish must have been spewing. <laughs> and like he's walking off, he's got his arm around Grealish saying, you'll, you'll do for me, you'll, you'll need you next game or whatever. And it's just like that. Everyone feels part of it. You see the subs running there. It's like a real, from from where it was before, you know, they always talk about the rivalry between clubs and stuff like that. I, we had a conversation the other day about, I don't know if it's the influx of foreign players now, that the clubs aren't so rivalry-led. They are, but they're not, because we've got probably less English players and rivalry's not like the old Man United days. And, yeah when you've got that and that's just brought everyone more together. Plus they're younger. Yeah. They're probably got more interests. I, I don't know what the, I don't know what, but it's, it seems to be working. Do you know, I mean? do you not, do you not think we, we, we've talked about a plan framework and structure. Is this not just the England DNA like coming out? I mean, they, they, they introduced this, what was it? Eight years ago or whatever. And, and for me, I'm watching England and I'm thinking, well, that's, that's what they talked about eight years ago. And I listened to, to Southgate on another podcast and he was talking about, you know, the research they did about successful teams and successful yeah. teams are, are in and around the, the semis and the final consistently and then they win. And, you know, he talks about culture and, and it just it, it just seems to me like, you know, it, it just seems to me that it's just been planned. It's just yeah. it's just a plan coming to fruition. Yeah. And I think with, with the younger lads, the way he's done it in the qualifiers and stuff like that, he's took players, players have played where you're thinking, mm, what's he playing for? But I suppose it's looking for the, as we talked before, it's a long journey, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've got, a, we've got, a, we've got, a, they've got to experience more things at a younger age, which makes them ready for when they are. Like yeah. Our under-21s didn't do very well, but a lot of our under-21s at the moment are actually playing for the first team as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. whereas the other nations are probably, if that's a Spain there, under-21s are going to play in that to win the tournament, stuff like that. So, have we yeah. got that right? Who knows? But, but even, if, it, even if, even if, even if it ends on Wednesday, yeah. and that's, that's two, two semi-finals in the last, in the last two competitions, they, they suddenly then are, are one of the favourites going into the next one. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's exactly what they talked about. Yeah. You're consistently there at, towards the end of a competition. You have a, you know, eventually it, it will pay off. It just, it just seems to me that it just, you know, I know Gareth Southgate, you know, has been part of the DNA from the start, but it, it, it it's not a fluke, is it? It doesn't no. seem to be a fluke. It seems to be really planned and methodically planned and, and uh, effectively and efficiently executed, you know, and I don't know if that's, Oh, well, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, if, I, don't, I don't think Gareth Southgate would come out <laughs> no. and say, well, yeah, I mean, we planned yeah. it. So it's, you know, of I've, course we're I've doing only well, been there but five, I think they have. Yeah. I've only been there five years, so it's probably down to me for the last five years. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> That's uh, what I was leading to, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I think it's, I think it's, 
it's like the, the players are technically better now. You know, when we were struggling going that, we'd be all that. We'd be the English fight. We, we've got the fight. Yeah. We've it's got it's the more now, isn't it? We'll do that and all like that. And you go, and they're brilliant traits to have. And they're, they're for me, they're non-negotiables. They're fundamentals that you've got to work hard. You've got, you've got to fight. You've got to scrap. You've got to do all We that. need more, don't we? But now, oh, we've got, yeah. te- our players are technically, like, like the, the Germans and when we played Germans the other day, they, they were probably poor, do you know what I mean, to what they've been before. But yeah. I always look at it and go, well, our players are ripping up the German league. Yeah. At this moment, they're, they're wanting our players to go over there. So that's... Yeah. But I always think, like you're saying now, those, even though we're probably one of the youngest teams in the Euros at the moment, in two, three, four years, poof, when yeah. they've matured a little bit more, when they're but 24, it, wow. It, even, you know, when, when you listen to their... Um, interviews after the game mm. and then you see their posts on social media you know the mm. following day it is just the same message yeah it's it was almost like they you know they just superimposed another head on the same interview same message straight yeah. through you know this is yeah, yeah we're done well focus on the next game you yeah. know etc like you said those that haven't been involved today we're one big team it was just the same message yeah. and then next interview same message mm. you know that's that's incredible isn't it to be able it, to but I to think get that that comes down to the club, the club work as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? About about what they do in club now. So the amount of stuff you do now with your lads, do you know what I mean? Compared to what I do with my lads six six years ago or whatever like that is is completely different now. So I think the clubs are preparing them more. They're coming into that sort of England bit where they've been there before, where they've been on that journey, where they understand about more. They do more stuff as well. So they do more yeah. media stuff, etc. So all of a sudden they're building that culture from from within. So when you always go back, if you're with the 18s or 21s, it's all the same. Yeah. So it's consistent. So that consistent uh, that consistent behaviour which he's shown, and when you've got someone who's in charge who is dead consistent in his behaviour, that's it, it's a mirror, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You you mirror behaviour from above. It's like my kids mirror me. I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, but they do. And you'll understand, you've got kids as well. And, and they like, or if you're with the, the 14s, and if you're sloppy or you're, they, they find that and they find the cracks players do because that's what players do. So if, you're play, if your behaviour is consistent and you mirror good images, that's only good for the players as well. Speaking of <clears throat> young talent, mate, and... Um... <clears throat> Uh, player development. Cast your mind back to when you were at Northampton, uh, taking the 18s, <clears throat> and Ivan Tony. Uh, Ivan obviously had an unbelievable season this season, and excited to see him in the Premier League next year. What was? I mean, I was fortunate to to see from a distance at what Ivan was like at, at 17, 18. But you obviously as coach then. So, hmm. what was Ivan like then? Because I know he'd had a few bumps in the road with his career and and his physical development stuff like that. It'd just be really interesting to to get a little bit of an insight on sort of his journey at that age because it was quite pivotal, I think, and and he's gone on to excellent things and we yeah. hope he does really well. But what what was it like working with yeah. him at seventeen, eighteen? I think it's it's all down to me. I keep telling him this. You know what I mean? <laughs> Playing golf with him next week, you know what I mean? I've told him he's yeah, it's all down to me. But no, he was. It, it was a weird one. He came in, he came in sort of 16 from Leicester and released him and he was, he struggled physically. Do you know what I mean? And I know it's like the old chestnut, but you, 
you look at his old man and you, his old man's a man mountain, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? You're going, Poof, he's got a bit, but he really struggled to run. He really struggled to move well. So we'd gone to the university and spoke to the biomechanics and try and get that sort of gate sorted to, to run a little bit better. But I think fundamentally, bar bollock him every day and for, for being sloppy or whatever, he had great ability. Do you know what I mean? So we, I always say, it's, it's dead hard to say, oh, I produce that player or whatever. We just facilitate the environment he was in to work. Do you know what I mean? He might have been a bollocking on Friday that he's playing, with, he's playing at goals on a Thursday night with his mates and he's playing for the first team Saturday. I'm going, well, it, it's probably not the best, it's probably not the best interest for you to play on that goals. But in, inside of me, you're going, I'm giving you a bollocking for that, but you're going, I love that because you love the game and you just want to play. And, and that was probably one of his traits that he just wanted to play. And he was a winner, to be honest. Yeah. So it was it was facilitating his needs and him the practices around what he needs. But he used to do things, and I'm going, I don't actually know how he's done that. Do you know what I mean? So when, when you get to that stage, I'm going, he'd, he'd see a pass somewhere and or a little bit of movement, and you go, wow. And he was he, but he was a good player, so it's just facilitating his journey to try and make him better and, and get the best because he was always going to score goals. He scored. What f- five goals once in the FA Youth Cup game? Yeah. You know what I mean. So he had ability; he was good, but he was just that physical nature where he's he's got a million times better now. But he was just going through, like we talked about in that YDP about that growth spurt there, and that growth was was causing him a problem. So he's just realizing that and trying to work with him. Mm. You, you said there about his mindset, and you touched earlier on Ryan Giggs saying about I'll make six passes and and I'll get the seventh one or, or whatever. Ivan had that that belief in himself, didn't he? And if something went wrong, it, he wasn't faced. Mm. I mean, he made made his debut at a very young age, and mm. and I think <clears throat> that was the first player I saw that made me realise you you need that self confidence because when things get wrong, he don't beat himself up. He just thinks, mm. well, you watch for the next one. And yeah. like you say, I thought the, the job that that you guys did with him to just help him through the sticky patches and. Yeah. It's 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 a new it's a new phrase in it. It's the uh, the memory of the fish or whatever. It's the centre forward's got to have that. Do you know what I mean? I love that new one. I don't know where I read it, but it was. Um, but you've got to, you miss that one, you'll get the next one. You'll get another chance. You'll do this, and it was like, it's like, yeah, it, uh, I suppose it's not the right word, you know, but selling your nan. Do you know what I mean? I don't care. It's all about. I'm I'm so focused that I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be driven to that. And you might have to. It's that conversations about winding it back in a little bit at times and making sure it's right and make sure your behaviour's right with it. But it was just, for me, the love of the game gets you a long way as well when you've got that ability because you just want to play and you want to keep playing and you want to prove yourself. And you look at it now, he, he just loves the game and wants to play. And it's like, you can't play every game all the time. Do you know what I mean? Because you might be struggling with this little bit and noticing that but when you've got that love of the game that drive with ability it can take you places like like we've seen fair play to him do you know what I mean I, I think really fair play to him I'm really pleased for him to be fair does yeah. does that does that that love of the game or that energy towards it or enthusiasm do, do you think that wavers as as the kids grow up because I'm th- I'm just thinking like you know you have seen you have seen you know I've, I've seen players that absolutely love it like you said and you are having to like 
fight them up to get off the pitch because it's like, come on, we've got, we, I want to go home. Um, and then there's some other others that like turn up and it's like, they just look so miserable. It's like, they don't even, it's like, are you, are you okay? Is everything all right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, it's, we're training. It's like, yeah, I know. You know, like it's like, a, yeah, it's it, a do you think that wavers? Do you think that wavers? I think it massively. Think, yeah. I think it's an age thing for me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So if you've got yeah. that, you know, like that under 11s group and under 12s group and the kids are buzzing to come into training. Yeah, they, they run in, they leg in, they're on, they love, they just want to play and just want. Then you're like, yeah, and you say, you say, morning lads, and they're like, oh, morning, morning, and then yeah, you know the fifteen, you're like, morning lads. Uh, Do you know what I mean? It's like the Kevin and Perry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like the same at the moment. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> but it's like it, it's that. I don't know if it's like the hook, like testosterone, whatever, whatever scientific one of being moody is. Do you know what I mean or whatever? But it's, I think it's that age thing that they lose. But then some of the lads keep it as well. So yeah, it, just... it does have to be there, though, doesn't it? Because yeah. you to to be, you know, you have to. I mean, you look at Ronaldo in this tournament. I mean, oh. talk about making the most of yourself. You to, to be able to to work at the highest level in anything takes dedication and commitment, doesn't it? Yeah. And and so if you love it, like it, surely you have to love it to be able to put that much into it. If you don't love it, it's, it's, it's going to be really, really difficult, isn't it? Because you have to sacrifice as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like we usually say the old chest of the lads are going out Friday night. Well, I've got a game tomorrow. I can't go out. I can't go out Friday night or I can't yeah. do certain stuff because of this. But the rewards are, God, like, like it's sunny at the moment, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You turn up to training, it's sunny. <laughs> it's like you're out playing football. Like, what more do you want? Like yeah. they, they only have to ask me. Like, do you want to join? I'm like, <laughs> or whatever. But it's still like, what can what what better job you get? What better yeah. job you get? You're not getting a better job. Like we're lucky. We're we work in football, so we've got to, we we don't work. Out. We don't work. Do you know? What I, I mean? was I was. It's funny because we, we 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 started back this week, and um, I was talking to someone. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm back in back in work tomorrow, and then I got in work and I was like. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird, yes. isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, it's just you're just going out and play football on the grass. Yeah. It's sunny. Yeah. It's brilliant. Especially at the moment with the sun, it's like what 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 better what better job can you have? It's that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's got all that political stuff and there's loads of different things. But, yeah. But, I but think you, you do you do have to love it, don't you? And that's 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 yeah. something I I think I think is really important. You know, when you're looking at players, you're thinking what well they have they have to love it. They have to really buzz about it because if they're going to make it they're going to have to do it a lot yeah. and like you said sacrifice stuff and if they don't love it i'm thinking hmm, are you are you going to do the stuff when you know when it gets cold and rainy and, and your mates are going out and when you say that you, you said earlier about how much we do in club you still have to do more don't you so like doing what the clubs do is still probably not quite enough the players who make it are the ones who do that little bit extra, whether it's physical, whether it's reviewing games or or whatever. What they eat when they sleep. Yeah. yeah. So like you have to eat. The clubs do so much now, like you said, Ince, but even still doing that alone, I don't it's not not gonna be quite enough, is it? Yeah. We so, we had a we had a great one the other day. We were doing the um, senior pros A license at St. George's. So and uh, Wayne Rooney came in and did a QA. So we're all sitting, everyone's asking questions. And he talked about that. He would go and watch watch games, which I don't think players do enough now, but watch players. 
and mirror his performances around players. And I think if it was, it was it, it wasn't Romario or so one of the players, but he was talking about he'd go and watch them and just watch them play and learn about how they moved, what they did, and try and mirror his game on them. And I was just thinking it, it's really like powerful. And he talked about he didn't score enough headers. So he went out and worked for eight months on heading and practicing every day for heading. And then the next season, he scored more goals with his head than he did with his feet. And I'm thinking, hang on, he's one of the best players in the world, but can still go out and prove and still love the game. But watching, learning different things from actually just from the training. This is about me. So I've got, I suppose it's understanding self, isn't it? What do I need to get better at? What works for me? And I think that's a massive trait of people of actually learn about themselves talking about self then i've got a couple of questions right and you the, the first one you might think might be a bit depressing i hope it's not but <laughs> but I, I believe you either win or you learn right okay so yeah. going way back when you said about assistant manager at rovers yeah right and you got the relegation yeah. what did you learn about yourself during because i always think you know during the toughest times yeah you learn more about yourself than you do when you're riding high. What was the what was the thing that you learned about yourself during that period? <sighs> that I, that I like this. I yeah. like this. I enjoy <laughs> this. It's good. It's really good. But you've got to get the players on board as well. Yeah. And uh, that one with the key. It, it's weird that the first lesson I learned, which was a brilliant lesson, we were playing Notts County away, and. It was, I think it was, I think the score was nil-nil. I'm not sure what the score was or the score was 1-1. We were playing a uh, bit of a 4-3-3, a 4-4-1-1. Um, and so we were playing a 4-1-4-1. Yeah. But we were struggling. We couldn't, we needed two up front, really. So we had to take the one lad off to put to put two strikers on. We ended up winning the game 2-1 or 1-0, whichever it was. So I'm walking back down the tunnel, the lads are all like, yeah, brilliant, like high-fiving, do you know what I mean? And one of the lads who we bought off was standing by the dressing room door. So he's high-fiving all the lads as, well, as they walk past. I walk past, he just completely blanks me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, like that is it. And then it, it turns into, hmm, you're not going to be everyone's friends. You're not, not everyone's going to agree with what your decisions you make, but you're trying to make them for the best interest of the team, like with yeah. the players. So at that point, in my, the, the lad who took over as caretaker, he was playing. So I was on the sideline. So it was a bit different. And he was like, look, trusting decisions with what you want. Um, and I made the decision. But then after I'm thinking, mm, you don't like me anymore. Do you know what I mean? So it was just learning that not everyone's going to agree with your decisions. Not everyone's going to, you can't be everyone's mate all the time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But you've got to have a why behind what you're doing. Yeah. Luckily it worked in that game as well. That's a clear distinction as well. Because when we talk about the relationship has to come first, and I'm a big believer of that. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's the key in, in success in, in again, and any, any walk of life, the relationship is the key, but there's a, there's a structure around that relationship. It's not being a mate. It's having a relationship so we all understand why we're doing something and what mm. we're trying to do. Mm. That's a real real good distinction. Go on. Uh, go on. Sorry. No, I think it is. I, I agree with you, Matt. I know, I know we've had chats about this before, but it is. It's about... It's that... It's hard. I always look back and look back when I was youth team manager and I was thinking, well, was I too friendly to them? Was I, was I their mate too much? Was I trying to be their mate too much? Do you know what I mean? Or... 
is there a fine balance that you get between being the friends and being in charge? Do they respect? Do they lose the respect or do they have more respect for you as that you are friends with them? And it was like, that was my probably care because I thought they got treated badly sometimes and stuff like that. Yeah. So you try and, and you want the best for them. You want them to do well. You want them to get all first team starts. You want them to do all get professional contracts. And then you think, was I too friendly to them? So where's that fine balance between being a mate, but actually having that, that barrier to cross as well. Yeah. It's tough, isn't it? Because really how, how you define a mate as well, because a good mate will, will pick up a nut a mate when they do something wrong and yeah. go, actually, you're, you're out of line. That's, that's yeah. not right. Yeah. So it is, it's, go, go on, flipping it then, because yeah. I'm assuming getting your, you know, your pro license was a, a big achievement. That's, a, you know, the highest qualification you can get from the FA mm. um, with your peers. What, what was your learning from that then as well? I think it was, it's real good course on leadership and understanding yourself. Do you know what I mean? So I, I always believe that you've got to understand yourself. You've got to understand your strengths and weaknesses and what you're good at and what you're not and how you work on that. Like with the relationships, I might not get on with this person, but mm-hmm. I might have to use that person for some sort of reason. So I might have to have, uh, I might be able to have influence that person in what I want. So it's understanding what yourself at big time. And it was the people on the course as well. That's some good people. I just used to sit there and just like listening, going, wow, some real good like learning journeys within that. We had um, Juan Carlos, who was the Mexican manager in the World Cup. And he's he's off his nut like he was a (laughs) writer. Oh my God. But he was brilliant. Like when he spoke, he talked about he he did he was doing a sports science degree in Liverpool. He rented a house opposite Melwood. He was knocking on the doors. But he wanted he wanted a window going into Melwood so he can watch and learn what they were doing. It was like fantastic about all his experiences and stuff. It was yeah, it's it's what you pick up from the people in there and being open to being curious, being open to being vulnerable at times because I don't know all the answers. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. I don't know the answers, so I've got to make sure that if I don't know, I've got to find them elsewhere or learn more about that. Then that can only help me with understanding what I need to get better but it's, oh, it's but it's been open and vulnerable vulnerable like is yeah I don't know I don't know everything I've got I've got to admit that and I go to a few places where people think they know everything yeah and it's really like even with my under eights I take the under eights lads team when I can and we play but it's it's you've got to be vulnerable not no one knows look we no disrespect we'd probably still be sitting here talking about football but if we knew all the answers we'd be sitting in our palatial mansions, wouldn't we? Because we'd have all the money in the world because we know the answers. And that's, yeah. that's the love and the joy of football, that not, no one knows the answer and it's opinions-based. I hope you don't mind me probing then, but right. what what are you good at then? And what are you not? Well, I don't know. Hey, working with Leaf quite a while, this could change, to be fair, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think I'm good with people. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think... I'm good with people, um, and that's a, it's a good it's a good trait to have in the role I'm in yeah, at agreed, the moment, yeah. um, where I can get people. Hopefully, I've got a bit of knowledge behind me as well, which I can bring into practice from real life or or learning something different, which I've learned along the way. I'm looking in sort of this job I'm in at the moment. I, I learn constantly. Yeah, I think it's it'd be really hard for me to go somewhere now and put something into place, which without making sense of the things what are in my head because it constantly changes all the time because you hear yeah. new opinions and new stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, 
quite good on relationships and understanding about people and, and finding, I, I work on this common ground. You've always got a common ground with someone. It just takes time to find it. And, and with that sort of care one as well, that it, it can work good for you. I don't know how to do it. I wouldn't know about to do it because I wouldn't like to think about it. So I think if you think about something too, too much for too long, you might change to what you do and mm. then it might change how you do it. But um, yeah, what I'm bad at. Oof. You, you, I'll tell you what you're good at, mate. You, you're also a good documentary maker. That film at Anfield that night, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was up there. I'm going to have to find that footage. Uh, that was brilliant. Hey, uh, it's the second one I've done, actually. I've done another one as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm still waiting for the payment rights. For that. <laughs> it's, um, no, but it's... I, I suppose what I'm about that. Well, I guess it's not bad, but I guess what, what I mean what is... Improve, I think what you can you, improve Yeah, well, when you're talking everything, about I think, being mate, self-aware, everything. but yeah. what, what is it... You know, particularly like, and you know, I'm thinking back. I've, I've sort of it goes in waves, doesn't mm. it? Well, I think I'm good at this, and then I need to learn more at that, and then you become quite good at that, and then you realise you actually, I'm, I'm missed this now. I need to learn more of this, or yeah. actually, I've, I've learned a little bit, and now I realise I know nothing, so I need to learn more of it. What is there something? Is there a focus at the moment that you're going after? And and if it is, how are you going after it? I think it's always about. I always have this thing in my head about how you make people better. Do you know what I mean? When you, when you see them probably not every day. So it's trying to maximize the impact you can have. And I think it still gets me now about, I think when you're working with someone in situ and stuff like that, it's really powerful. If you've got that relationship with them about trying to bounce things off them and trying to see from outside. I think when you, when you're in the club, you're stuck in a bubble. So luckily I can come from outside of that bubble where people are probably a bit more open to me at times as well, but it's trying to get that mo- what's most impactful. How do you make that? And everyone's individual and everyone's different. So it's the, um, how do you make them, how do you make that visit more impactful to make that coach better on their journey? And I think it's really hard to do. Well, not really hard to do, but it's, I'm always questioning what you do. If that's by feedback interventions, when they're coaching, and everyone's, everyone's always different as well. So it's trying to find that balance between actually what is the golden thing which makes people better at what they do. I think the more you do something and the more you know about it, like you said, the more you question yourself. I remember I used to think I was all right at coaching. And then the more you do it and learn, you think, well, actually, I'm not quite what I thought <laughs> I was. Or, or, or maybe, I, maybe I'm just realising that I'm not actually that good. Maybe I just lived in a bubble for too long. But yeah, like, think, listen, I'm, I'm conscious that, that self go... Sorry, that self-confidence as well, though, isn't it? I think sometimes, do you know, yeah. when you doubt yourself at times, when you go, when I've watched you coach, I think you're a good coach, Lee. Do you know yeah, I've mean? seen me for a long time, it's, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good He's point. gone downhill. Good it's a good point. No, <laughs> really but, badly, yeah. But, but you're going to have waves, aren't you? You're going to have it that sometimes you're going to feel better. Sometimes you're going to have a good session. You're going to, it's, it's all linked to confidence as well. And yeah, I think yeah. it's, but we can always get better at everything. That's the, when you're around good people and when you speak to people all the time, do you know what I mean? It makes you think differently. So we have a team meeting and we've got some real experienced people in our group. And I listen to them and go, I have no clue about anything. Do you know what I mean? When I leave and it takes me time to actually go back and reflect on it. And it's that, it's that when people challenge you, you've got to take it in the right way. And you've got to just go and think about it and how it fits into your into your context and make sense of it, really, because that's how you get better. Yeah, mate, I'm conscious that you've yeah. got to go and make pizzas. You said that, and um, so a couple couple of things just to wrap up, mate. Uh, <clears throat> first question would be, what are you 
reading or watching that you might recommend? Um, Ooh, I'm watching the Crystal Palace documentary at the moment, actually. Um, Just announced is, Patrick Vieira today, haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, you liked that on Twitter, didn't you? You liked yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big Arsenal fan, aren't I? Yeah, so, I know, uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, we all have our problems, don't we? Have, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm I'm watching that at the moment. So what's that on? Got, it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay. We'll yeah, which is that. quite good about the ins and outs of the club and stuff like that, which is a good. But it talks about the players, about them building like the ethos and the work ethos around it and stuff like this from the player's point of view, which it, which actually thinks really good. Um, and sort of working with a few of the lads which have been on there as well. It's good. So I've got a bit of context behind it as well. So it's so it's good to watch, really. I enjoy it. I like that. We'll have to add that to the to the list. Mm. Um, next question, I guess. What, what advice would you give to a, a young Craig Hinton, let's say just starting off on his coaching career? Yeah, coach. Simply enough, coach, learn from your mistakes. Do you know what I mean? I think we've got, people could be in a rush and I think it's, but the best way to get better at coaching is actually by coaching. Do you know what I mean? You can, you can take everything, but it's going out and applying it on the grass, get better, do as many sessions as you can with as many groups as possible. Work with the under nines because you know what I mean? The under nines are a different challenge to what the 18s are or the first team. But those things, what you learn from there about that session management, session control is only good for going work with first team players because you've got the same problems, but you handle them or go and work in a school like people have talked about before with the 30 kids at PPA time. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you've got Damien climbing the fence, that's always good. No <laughs> straight, just coach, just go out and coach because you only get better by doing, by doing something, by coaching. Go and coach. What's, um, what's been your fondest memory in coaching, mate, to date? Oof, that's, a, that's a good question. That one, um, I, I always, it's weird. It's like, like I've done brilliant. Do you know what I mean? But then when you've got other players in those teams and in those who are doing well for themselves now, that, that is not coaching football maybe and they're still playing, but they're doing well in careers. So it's like the coaching about the person. And, and you still have you still back. have connection with them. You still have relationships. I know you still yeah. talk to lads who you worked with yeah. six, seven years ago who, like I said, they're not in football, but yeah. that's testament to the relationship you built, I think, mate. Yeah, and, and it's nice when they ring you out the blue or you see them and they're just they're doing well for themselves. Do you know what I mean? About that, not everyone makes it and not everyone it's not everyone goes and plays in the Premier League archive, you know what I mean? But some people could still be playing but have really good jobs. And you just think, that's really good as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I just, God, that's a good question, Lee, to be honest. I have to think about that one, Lee. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I suppose it's about the people, about the people be, making people better. And I suppose it, if that's, the goal is to, to, if you're working with someone, to put them in a better place than where, when they started. And I think if, if we get that, you've got half a chance. Because it makes... It's a bit rubbish one, but it makes the world a better place, doesn't it? Mm. Ooh, man, and, what are them slippers? Sorry, I ain't got a minute. What are them slippers you've got there? <laughs> they just pops up on the screen. Was right? that me then? Yeah. Just my just my pink slippers. <laughs> it's, right, mate. It's, a, it's a Sunday evening. Come oh, yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, but I guess last one, mate, yeah. would be um, what what does the future hold for you? Oof, it's not a good question, isn't it, mate? 
Um, We've done a few of these before, mate. So we're I just, we're just I know, keeping mate. the best I, know. I was waiting for the England team, stuff like that. But do you know what I mean? It's, um, no, it's I, I, I can't know. do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I love what I do at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm lucky that I'm lucky that I've, I don't work. Do you know what I mean? I do something I love and I do something enjoy. I get up in the morning. I go and do something I love. Do you know what would I mean? You ever, would you ever want to try and put, like you said, put some of it back into practice in the future? We'll wait. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. It's um, yeah. I'm happy with what I'm doing. If that yeah, if yeah. that comes out and, and and chances to do that happen again and stuff like that, you, you never know. But I'm like I said, I'm I'm lucky like you to I get up in the morning and when the missus is going, you need to go to the gym because you've had a good lockdown. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to work today. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You've been working quite, but I, but I actually don't mind going to work. I, I'm I'm in that lucky position that I love what I do. And I work with good people. Do you know what I mean? So that makes it half the problem. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate, uh, <clears throat> again, I, I really appreciate your time. I'm conscious that it's half eight. And if we've gone any longer, we won't be able to see you because you obviously haven't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so I haven't, mate. No, sorry. It's, out, but... <laughs> it's a bit far away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate, uh, it's always a pleasure to chat. I appreciate your time. Um, <clears throat> wish you all the best this season. I hope yeah. you can get out and about again and See you in amongst the yeah. clubs. Thank, thanks for having me. Um, keep up the good work. Do you know what I mean? I'm an avid listener on my bike rides or my car journeys because I, I live in the car. But um, keep up the good work. I think uh, you've obviously improved it since Matt's come along. Do you know what <laughs> thanks, I mean? Mate. It's, got, it's got a far yeah. better. Off the theme I'll get a you know new theme I mean? for this episode. We'll and a... I'm a bit disappointed that I was originally the first guest, but that's probably why you've had success. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> But no, keep up the good work. Appreciate Cheers, it, mate. mate. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, mate.